Oh, hi, it's me, Bill, and it's another edition of the Let's Go Eat Show. I know, hard to believe, isn't it? We just keep cranking these bastards out. How do how do we do it? We, well, because nobody, nobody can stop me from talking. Uh, my guest on the Let's Go Eat Show this time is Brooke Horsch. We'll have a little discussion about her name, as you'll see. Uh, Brooke is an assistant dean for art and creative engagement, and she's also the director of Utah Presents at Kingsbury Hall on the University of Utah campus. And I met Brooke because uh, Utah Presents recruited me to be in one of their productions. And you've heard me maybe talk about it, White Rabbit, Red Rabbit, that I did uh, last month. Well, that's how I met Brooke. I think she's an interesting woman. She knows a lot about art, and she knows a lot about performing groups that are unusual, groups that you may not have heard of before. And so I'd like you to pay attention to Utah Presents and this episode of the Let's Go Eat show. Oh, wait a minute. Remember to tell all your friends, like us on all the social media stuff, wherever you get your podcasts, rate us, do all that that shit. It helps out. Okay? Now, Brooke Bush. No, so so uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about. Um, we're not really going to be talking about theater necessarily with our guest Brooke Horsch, uh, let, but I want to talk about Brooke Horsch's name first of all <laughs> because I see you reference it a lot in uh, uh, you know bios and things of like oh, that. Oh sure. Uh, but Brooke is here. She is the. Uh, I want to get this right. Uh, she is the. Uh, well, she's the director of a group called Utah Presents, Correct. but. More than that, you are an assistant dean Mm -hmm. for arts and creative engagement at the University of Utah. Right. And that sounds... um, It's a lot of words. Well, but, you know, I mean, it really sounds (laughs) like arts and creative engagement. Mm -hmm. That's that's quite a mission to have to fulfill. Yeah, it's... um you know, it's it's sort of a unique posting. And what it does for me is it positions me at the table at the university, um, particularly in the College of Fine Arts, but to really take what the College of Fine Arts is all about, which is creativity, and and push it out to the rest of the university and the community and embed it across campus in multiple ways. Mm. So a lot of times... You know, particularly in large institutions, uh, the arts are sequestered, right? They're over in that big building that um, has that really tall structure with no windows. Mm -hmm. And if you're not someone who was raised experiencing the arts or who is um, easily curious on your own, you don't ever enter those spaces. Yeah, I'm not going over there. So you try to go over t- out of that I building take and it over there. Else. Yeah. Yeah. But let's go let's go back to your name. Oh, sure. First of all, and then we'll go more because because <laughs> you comment on it in almost every bio I've read of you. Right, because it's really hard. <laughs> it's a it's an odd name. Now, it, when you say it, Brooke Horsch. I'm mispronouncing it horribly. That's not how you're supposed to say no, it. No, no. So it's Czech. Um my husband's family is Czech and uh like most uh, names from other cultures, particularly when, those Slavic names are really right. Hard, all yeah. those all those consonants together mm-hmm. with yeah. funny vowels well, on either so side. So the spelling of your last name is, and sometimes you get this wrong. You you I said do. in the bio, I do. I get it right about ninety percent of the time. So let's hope we're in uh, that. What 90%. Is, how do you spell it? It's H O R E is in Edward, J is in Jim, S is in Sam, I. Yeah. So I don't know how you. 
So it's not really Horsch, is it? It's... No, no. Um, and I actually really can't pronounce it correctly because I, I don't speak Czech and I didn't, you know, I don't speak Russian. I don't speak any of the Slavic languages. <laughs> so... What's your maiden name? Uh, Bussy, which is German. Bussy. Mm-hmm. B-U-S-S-Y? No, B-U-S-S-E. B-U-S-S-E. Yeah. Yeah. And even that has evolved because most Bussies have a Y on the end, B-U-S-S-E-Y. And, and Gary Busey, you know, he's – Oh, yeah. That's another pronunciation. Yeah. So, so. Uh, so anyway, Brooke Horsch. Horsch. Oh, like the Horsch. <laughs> it's, it's like Horsch-ish-ish-ish. Really? But that's a really poor pronunciation of it. And it's really common in the Czech Republic. It's like Smith. <laughs> Cool, All right. <laughs> but a whole lot harder to say. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we've got that out of the way. But I think I just think it's uh, it's amusing uh, when you have a name like that and you yeah. just kind of own its unusual sure. quality. And, right, yeah. right. So Brooke, you uh, came here to Utah to be the assistant dean. Yep. Uh, of let me get it right, art and creative engagement. Yeah. A- and. Uh, you're an assistant dean of that. How many assistant deans are there? And, and is there <laughs> like there's one dean and then. Right. So the College of Fine Arts has one dean, the okay. overall dean. And then he has um, his cabinet, which I, I'm part of. And we all oversee different areas. So, for example, there's an, a, a, well, I think she's an associate dean um, for undergraduate affairs. And, and exactly. she oversees all the things that undergraduate students mm-hmm. need. There's a assistant dean for faculty who works on behalf of the mm-hmm. faculty. So it's it's kind of like. Um, we we have different areas. Your job sounds sounds much better though, <laughs> <laughs> for art and creative engagement. Yeah, and uh, the, and you were uh, now Kevin Myrie, uh-huh. uh, who is uh, well, I I know him as a scenic designer. Right. And is that what right. he's still doing for Utah Presents? Actually, for Utah Presents, he's our operations director. Okay. So um, actually, <laughs> I walked into the office this morning, and Kevin was standing in just just outside of his office, and he had on. Black gloves, rubber gloves, and he had he had been at work since early in the morning, and we were there late last night. We had two events happening last night mm-hmm. um, simultaneously, and I looked at him, and and you would think it, I would have been stopped up a little short. I mean, he's our operations director. Why is he standing wearing these heavy rubber black plastic gloves? But uh, it's a pretty normal occurrence. You didn't ask? No. He's kind of everywhere. He's doing everything. He's mm-hmm. making it all happen. Well, he working t- with the custodians? You think he was cleaning <laughs> something? Right? <laughs> he, been I mean, I do know what he was doing. He was cleaning up popcorn. <laughs> because From the had, other event. Yeah, we had this yeah. huge event where they had yeah. tons of popcorn. So uh, so, so uh, he told me that you were uh, hired and brought here yeah. to do exactly this. That's right. To That's create right. this entity. You know, I'm holding up a, a brochure that you brought in. Uh, which is the uh, Utah Presents 2017-2018 season. Right. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that. Yeah. But you were brought here, hired, mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. So I um, have a history of working in theater, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point in my career, I had I had finished my graduate degree in arts administration and um, had been recruited back to work for a for-profit theater company that I had worked for on and off over the years. And, um, and where was this? Uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Lots um, of theater there. There is lots of theater there. Yeah, it's a great city. For Led the by the, what is it, the Guthrie? Is that the big The Guthrie is the big yeah. regional theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I was, you know, I had been back in the for-profit um, theater world for a while, and I really missed the setting of higher education. I really missed the um, curiosity that it afforded me. Um, and an opportunity came to to join uh, two small liberal arts schools, private schools, um, as a as a presenter. Um, 
and a presenter is an entity that brings artists from other places and presents their work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with um, being able to do things that were a little a little different um, and being able to really immerse myself in all sorts of art and mm-hmm. not, not just singularly theater. Um, and I fell in love with the change and the potential that happens with students, particularly college students. Um, so I did that there in Minnesota for, um, I was there for about six years um, and, and built up, you know, pretty good experiences and, mm-hmm. and learned a lot from, mm-hmm. um, from my mentor there Um and uh, that got me ready to be to be able to come here and build something. Now, are you so you're doing a because I'm going to ask you more about being a presenter. Sure. And that is essentially is that is that what you're doing here as well? Right. Or, so or Utah, part of what you're it's doing. part of what I'm doing. Utah Presents is I mean, when I officially say what we do, Utah Presents is a nonprofit campus based performing arts presenter. So we're focused on bringing the performing arts in all its forms and in, in I really think right now we are seeing a real evolution of how we define art in general, mm-hmm. particularly in the performing arts, because we're, there's this whole mashup happening between everything that's occurred to advance um, technology and then all of the what we have historically thought of as the traditional performing arts. And those things are all colliding and they're becoming all sorts of new things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say we're a performing arts presenter, um, what I really mean is we're multidisciplinary. So on our season, you might find a contemporary dance company. You might find a ballet company. You might find a funny little piece of theater like White Rabbit, Red Rabbit. Or you might find a drag queen doing a huge 24-hour marathon performance. And didn't I see you did, you, you uh, what's the name of that movie with Jason Momoa? You presented that on one night, Bad Hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what's that called? Bad uh, um, now you're testing some me. some bad, weird. Yeah. I keep meaning to bad, watch. No, not bad plus. That's that's, that's a jazz bad, group. Bad taste, bad habits, bad <sighs> things. Yeah, better things, good. something like no, that. No, it had bad in it. Yeah, but it's like this dystopian. Yes, uh, the bad batch. Oh, the bad, bad batch. batch. Good yeah, job. thanks, Dylan. Thank you. The bad batch. <laughs> He's the one who has access. And to I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's available. I think on Amazon. It but, is. But you yeah. just. Pro- you, we just um, did a showing night? of it. Yeah, so we um, we partner a lot. That's mm-hmm. a big part of my approach to um, what I call curation, right? So we often talk about curation in terms of museums, like yeah. you know, you curate a, a, an exhibit, but mm-hmm. we also curate in the performing arts. So when you pick up my brochure that has um, you know twenty some odd performances happening in it. I have had a very intentional process around choosing what those performances are and building um, partnerships around that. And so for me, collaboration is key to how I curate. Um, and the the movie uh, showings that we do, that's actually a partnership with the Salt Lake Film Society. Oh, okay. Right? So we work with them mm-hmm. to offer this film series. It's on the first Wednesday of every month. But it's on campus. And so it's available for students. And part of our mission working together is that we want students to be able to see films that maybe they they don't even know exist, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're, they've come to college. It's a very, really very brief part of their life. Um, and we want them to explore. We want them to find all sorts of things, not just in the classroom, but on other parts of campus. So we want them to find 
film that isn't commercial. So uh, you uh, now the Bad Batch is kind of a off the wall uh, dystopian mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. You do you, do you do classic movies as part of this series? Um, it's a real variety, uh, and in fact, um, I was just talking to Tori Baker, who's executive director sure. of Salt Lake Film Society, um, and we've decided for the remaining three that we have um, for the rest of this academic year, we take the holidays off because people don't, <laughs> yeah, people don't, our students really aren't around. But um, we're going to do sort of some of the great film makers and do one film from each mm-hmm. um of course there's only three so yeah. she'll have to pick but but tori does the programming and mm-hmm. that's where the partnership comes in i i have surface knowledge over a lot of different art forms but um deep expert knowledge it, only a few and that's right? the collaboration and that's where the collaboration is yeah. really key that's really that's i mean that's kind of really nice that you you know i know certain amount about film history mm-hmm. but there are people who know way more about lot. it and yeah. how to curate it better exactly and that if people are are interested um, in seeing what, like the film series. Sure, How, uh, the public can also come to yeah. that. And- yeah, and it's free, which oh. is another big part of our mission. Um, I believe really, really strongly in the fact that art should be accessible to all, and I understand why the commercial model exists. You know, I I get why you know um, Lady Gaga is a two hundred dollar ticket. Yeah, um, but there has to be something else as well. And so as a nonprofit presenter, I'm really, really focused on making sure that our programs are affordable for everyone Mm -hmm. and that um, particularly if you're a student, that price won't be a barrier to participation. Price is always cheaper for students, I would assume. Yeah. So at the University of Utah, we are really, really lucky to have something called the Arts Pass, and it's a $5 student ticket. Uh, to anything on the Utah Presents season. It's uh, free. All students, matriculating students at the University of Utah, attend all of the College of Fine Arts events and the the Utah Museum of Fine Arts for free. Mm -hmm. Um, So students can have an experience with us for less than they would pay to go to a movie. That's that's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, people can find out about all of this by going to your website, I would assume. Yep, utahpresents.org. Simple as that. Uh, uh, Now let's talk about uh, how you select things and curate things and how you find out about them i look through this uh, brochure of all the uh, events that that are coming up and there's just a huge variety and uh there's a kid's show coming oh that's already been done yeah we just did earth's dinosaur zoo an australian um large-scale puppet company and they had life-size dinosaur puppets on stage um and (laughs) i mean it was awesome, and you know the, everyone was waiting for the T Rex, and, yeah. and it appeared. And, and, it and did great. they? How did school kids? Uh, do yeah. you, you get the word out to schools, yeah. and they bring them up. We do uh, quite a bit of, and you don't see this in our brochure because they're um, for schools only. But we do school matinee performances. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we do that with quite a few of our shows, uh, not just things that are directed towards kids like Earth Dinosaur do, but we also do it with some of our more contemporary pieces because it's important to have. Um, variety for particularly junior high and high school kids to be able to see all sorts of different art. Uh, there are things here uh, on the Utah Presents, uh, in the Utah Presents brochure that are just very straight ahead. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, the eighth annual Lower the Lights Christmas concerts. Right, right. This, it looks, and I don't know for sure, but it looks to me like this is a band of pretty traditional yeah, Players they do, they do roots music. I um, mean, mm. they're actually local. Um, uh-huh. They're yep. The lower lights. They've they've been a, they've been together for 
geez, I'd probably say about 10 years. Um, this Well, uh, this is the eighth annual. Yeah. So at least eight years. Yeah. <laughs> and But they do other concerts, too. Um, they're a, a local music collective. They they are really, really talented and also just really um, warm and genuine. And they, they have this great sound. They they really throw back, um, particularly for their Christmas music, to to a lot of uh, uh, roots Americana, you know, when, when gospel and mm-hmm. country were sort of a lot closer together. Um, so you hear a lot of, you know, Johnny Cash and those sorts of sounds in the mm-hmm. music, and they really pay homage to those years, and but then also make those songs very current. There's a lot of music in, in the program. Yeah, uh, and that varies from year to year, you know. Um, curating a season is it, it's like a it's like cooking right um it there's a lot of different ingredients that go into putting together a season um some of it is simple calendar logistics you know yeah <laughs> uh, we can't get them at this date because yeah. they're in St. Louis right right and or you know i the the hall our main hall is Kingsbury Hall that's our home we oversee that venue on behalf of the university we maintain it we run it so if any event that happens in Kingsbury Hall it might not be a utah presents oh, you're, event you're, uh, but my staff supports it Oh, okay. Right. So any like the comedians who come yeah. through any of that. Okay. Yeah. So they might rent the hall, um, but people like Kevin mm-hmm. um, are the ones who work with them to execute their event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have lots of academic use because we are an academic uh, entity and we're there to support the university. So we do, you know, we do nine convocation ceremonies in the spring. So some of it's logistics. Oh, I see. Well, uh, just graduation yep. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Some of it's logistics. Mm-hmm. Um and I have a I have a big calendar on my wall right now. That calendar is focused on the eighteen uh, nineteen season, um, and I have a working calendar that you know a paper calendar, but a couple of different versions. But I have the holidays. It's a lot of balls to keep in the air. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. And then some of it is okay. I actually have a spreadsheet. I have this very large spreadsheet. Oh, for your budget. Well, budget, that's a big, that's a whole other oh, ingredient. Not, that's not the spreadsheet no, no. you're talking about. I have a curatorial spreadsheet. So I have um, categories, and those categories can be everything from what, what genre is it? Is it music? Is it dance? If it's dance, is it, is it traditional ballet? Is it contemporary ballet? Is it modern dance? Mm-hmm. Is it contemporary dance? Are um, they going to be nude? <laughs> are they going to be nude? Right? How accessible is this? Yeah. Um, can, is it all ages? You know, I have a 12 and a 10 year old. Can I bring them? Mm-hmm. Is it something that they can see? Mm-hmm. Um, and you is, do, you do things that only adults should see, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, is it, uh, is it theater? Mm-hmm. Is it multidisciplinary? Is it theater and film like manual cinema that we have coming up this uh, spring? Is it where is it from? I pay a lot of attention to um, what is the cultural core of a piece? Is it Western European? So, you know, I think um, one of the great things about Salt Lake is that it has a long history of being super supportive of the arts. Yeah. Um, but when you look back at that history, what you see is that it's very dominated by Western traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the symphony. The ballet, uh, opera, uh, opera. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, those sure. are all very Western-centric mm-hmm. traditions. There is a whole lot of other versions of art and creativity that have existed over the years, and so I'm really focused on. We need to make sure to address that diversity in our programming. How wh- how do you find these things? Where do they come from? Where how do you? Yeah. Uh, uh, how did you find White Rabbit? I get Rabbit a lot of emails. Ra- <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Because I they do. know because people, they know I'm a presenter, right? They now so, know what I mean, you I do. probably got at least 20 emails today from artists or made managers. Please consider agent. my Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you hmm. know, some of it's just being in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are conferences. Um, so the the major conference that happens in the US is called the Association for Performing Arts Professionals. Um, it happens in New York every year in January. Um, and I encourage anyone who supports Utah Presents um, or participates with us, if they want to join me, I encourage them to. Um, over the years, I've... Uh, you, you mean you'll take people with you to yeah. the, this conference? I can't pay for them because I don't right. have enough money, but... <laughs> yeah, but if you But if they're willing if you to go, foot the bill, yeah, I'll take them it. with me. It is, it is more performance art in you know five days than you'll experience anywhere else in your life you can see things from 8 a.m until 2 a.m you can Mm -hmm. be in the joy seeing um contemporary dance you can be down at the blue note hearing a jazz set you can be at the hilton midtown which Mm -hmm. is where the conference is based bopping through you know all of their many conference rooms seeing bluegrass one-man comedy um violinists uh, just you know uh, anything you can see a lot of really amazing stuff you can see a lot of really bad stuff really and you can find a lot of stuff in between and and it and it's a conference that's meant for this purpose exactly Mm -hmm. it's a place where presenters artists agents and um management all come together for a solid set of days to to explore what's available to have conversations about you know what you might do with it how you might book it how do, how do performers get invited to it do they um actually any performer can participate hmm. um you know if if you're a performer who has artist representation so you have a, a, a manager agent, or an yeah. agent mm-hmm. um your agent generally participates and then they might try to set up a showcase mm-hmm. for you and showcases can be anything from just a little 15 minute taste of a piece mm-hmm. to a full fledged performance of it depending upon how much resources you have to put into getting your space sounds really fun it is really fun so, uh, uh, so there must be you must have stories about uh, things that have kind of eluded you oh yeah like uh, my god i want to book this <laughs> yeah, this yeah. this entity and i just haven't sure. been able to do it for, sure. for money reasons or mm-hmm. time reasons mm-hmm. or uh, some of them get away and yeah. you just yeah. keep them in the on the back i burner. have what i call my artist hopper it's mm. actually a, a file mm-hmm. in my Outlook email. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the file name. It's my artist hopper. And so if I've been having conversations with an artist or I've seen and gotten information about their stuff um, and I've just never been able to make it happen, but it's something that's interesting to me, I just put it in that hopper and, and I go back to it frequently mm-hmm. and sift through it. I mean, really putting together a season, so, some of it's the logistics, some of it's going back to the hopper and saying what's in there that I still haven't made happen that I want to make happen. What's cool? You know, mm-hmm. what have I seen that I've liked? And I mm-hmm. think they'll you know there'll be an audience for it or it'll have a server of purpose but sometimes it's really driven by my partners um yeah talk about that i mean yeah so i in addition to believing really strongly in arts being accessible to anyone who who wants to explore it in all of its various forms and not having to have a lot of money to do that um i also really well i'm a really curious person and I'm specifically very culturally curious. So on any given week, you can find me sitting through, you know, a ballet. Ballet West is mm-hmm. beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me listening to, you know, uh, contemporary classical music, listening to, um, you know, organizations like the Kronos Quartet that are doing amazing stuff mm-hmm. with new music, um, but also listening to Johnny Cash and then going and seeing, you know, a play at Slack to, 
um, you know, I love our museums here. The Utah Museum of Fine Arts is a lovely place. Umoka is a fabulous place. Yeah. So I am super culturally curious, and I want everyone else to, to do that with me. How many how many day, days or nights a week are you um, viewing a cultural, <laughs> at a cultural event of some sort? Well, <laughs> more, more than my kids would like. <laughs> I mean, sure. that's hard because, because you got a day job, too. Yeah, 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 I do. But I also bring my, I mean, my, Michael, my husband's in the arts, too, and um, my kids are really... Uh, well, because they grew up in a sure. family, they're really willing to do anything. They actually love contemporary dance, and they, <laughs> we, t- I took them to their first contemporary dance piece when they were two and one, um, and and they, they love it, and they have no, they have none of the reservations that lots of people have about it. Like people mm-hmm. are like, I don't know what it means. Like, there's no narrative. It just looks cool, right? I mean, you go and you sit in it, and afterwards, we always talk about what did you see? Mm-hmm. Because no one sees the same thing. Yeah. And you don't have to. That's what's so great about it, mm-hmm. right? And then it's always so amazingly athletic, and so I'm always like, can you see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. So you guys get off the couch, you know, stop eating you know, potato um, chips my, and do that. <laughs> my guess, is, my guess is, is that you, you get to see a lot of this stuff for free, too. Um, you know, of course, uh, I, you don't everyone's to. really generous, <laughs> but I, I do really also believe in paying for tickets even when you're in the industry. Yeah. Um, if you can. Yeah. You know, not everybody can, and yeah. that's understandable, but um, I am very, very fortunate that I have been able to make a career out of my passion, and because I can do that, I do very much like to support. So when you when you put together a season like this 20, 2017-2018 yeah. season uh, for Utah um, there, uh, do do you try and do anything thematic, or is or is that just way too much? Or try and uh, have an overall feel theme. to a season or a theme. That's a really good question. Um, I haven't yet. It certainly is a way to approach programming. Um, I have, you know, I actually haven't been here that long, so this seventeen eighteen season is really only the third season of my own programming mm-hmm. since um, Utah Presents has came into being. So um, I haven't done an overarching theme yet. I don't know that I... I don't know. It would be challenging. I'm not sure if it's possible. I mean, I mean you could have it... I guess you could... It could be one of many threads, right? Like, mm-hmm. it could be the gold thread that runs through a multicolored yeah. piece of fabric, right? That you could see that. You could say, oh, I'm going to have at least... And this is actually... I actually have been toying... I do a lot of work with um, the Doris Duke Foundation uh, for Islamic Art. Um, and they uh, are very focused on using uh, art... Uh, to try to combat against a lot of the negative stereotypes that are out there about Mm -hmm. um, Muslims and and the Mm -hmm. practice of Islam. And I have been toying with, you know, how could I do a thematic thread through a season of um, Muslim and Islamic artists? You know, because there's a huge range, of course. Yeah, Yeah. Um, they're very contemporary. Yeah, very contemporary, very traditional, um, very, uh, uh, you know, from all sorts of different countries. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all sorts of different ways to practice Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, Umoka did uh, kind of did that yeah. with that. Well, I, what, I forget what that's he called. He was a Saudi Arabian artist, uh, I think. Oh, that, whole, that whole, there were de- all these different artists. Yeah. And, uh, Balkis. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Uh, Al-Farid and, you know. Mm-hmm. She, Al-Rashad. Al-Rashad, yes. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that would be something to to do in the future. I haven't done it yet, though, but, you know, three let's seasons talk, in. Let's talk about some of these specific pieces sure, yeah. uh, that are uh, now f- for kids still, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. And that's a partnership Live. we do with um, the Utah University of Utah Youth Theater Program. Um, so what I really love about that partnership is that all the performers are 
our our own kids from our own community um and and that's really great it's really great for kids to see other kids on stage and understand that it's possible and that it's cool and it's fun and Mm -hmm. it's yet another way for them to spend their time after school instead of um you know being stuck on video games or then you've got uh very uh, this now this seems to me really um uh uh, oh, is this has already happened. Uh, black violin. Oh no, black violin's coming up. Oh, it's the twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, black violin's in um, March. And what does that mean, black violin? Okay, so black violin are they're two guys uh, that are trained, classically trained violinists. Um, they're friends. They grew up together in the Miami area. Um, somehow, each of them, you know, ended up picking up the violin in high school, you know, as a, as a mm-hmm. extracurricular activity and it stuck with them and it really kept them out of some other things they could have been doing instead. Um, and what they, what they're really great about talking about is that, you know, they were learning all the traditional classical musics in, um, orchestra and, uh, that's what they were practicing, but what they were listening to and what they were living was hip hop. You know, they were they you know, they'd walk out of band practice or orchestra practice and they put on their headphones and they'd be listening to Mm Jay-Z. And Mm -hmm. um, that's what that I mean, that's where their passion was. So once they finished school and finished their musical training, what they started to do was use all the things they learned about how to play the violins well, but to create their own music that was really more informed by hip-hop and what they were listening to popular and what was going on and they just have really built themselves a great um a great mission and they're executing it well they started out um playing at south by southwest you know doing one set and Mm -hmm. and over the years they've just exploded their youtube channel has tons of followers but what i really like about black violin is that in addition to being part of the regular sort of music industry scene with releasing records doing festivals that sort of thing they're also really focused on how do we make sure that kids more kids like us ends up Mm. with violins in their hand and how do we make sure that those kids also understand that they don't have to play it like everybody else played it so um, what they'll do is, um, of course, we'll do a school matinee where we'll have, you know, 2,000 junior high and high school kids come and be able to experience um, what they do and who they are. And usually the school matinees are a little bit different than the public shows, and often they're um, tweaked specifically for the audience. Yeah. So the guys mm-hmm. will talk to the, the students specifically, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll play songs and break down what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what we're also doing is um, for the evening public show, uh, uh, the guys send ahead charts to a couple of their songs, and then we work with a local high school string group that they get really? to rehearse it um, in advance, and then they get to have time with Black Violin to rehearse, and then they actually get to sit on uh, the set with them and play a couple of songs for the public performance as well. And so it really gives uh, you know that group of high school students not just a performance experience where they go and sit and have a passive experience, but a hands-on, in-depth touch with these two guys who are doing something really cool. You know, you you reach out into the community yeah. uh, with these performances and you and you reach out and have have uh, school kids and they come mm-hmm. to come to you. Uh, do you have any part of the program where you go out to where to schools or to other yeah. or other? I mean, I'd like to, I I've always wanted to see um, 
you know, years ago, I remember the in the sixties the Gorilla Theater uh-huh. on the streets. You know, yeah, yeah. Just I'd I'd like to yeah. see something like that. But. Yeah, um, you know, it depends on the project. So everything's unique. Last year we had an artist named Matt Heimovitz. Um, Matt is by far one of the most virtuosic cello pay- players in existence. Mm-hmm. He's he's phenomenal, and he he really had a skyrocketing career. He was you know he was a child prodigy, and he did the very traditional. Um, concert performer path he he studied and he you know perfected his craft and then he started playing with concert orchestras you know he would be the kind of um cellist that would be highlighted to play with the utah symphony or the new york phil and he has played with all um the major orchestras in the world and then he sort of hit a wall and he said you know i had to do i gotta do it differently um this doesn't feed me the way it should not not in terms of money but in terms of soul right yeah. mm-hmm. so he put all that traditional concert performance on hold and he took his cello and he started playing in bars not <laughs> and and not because he was asked to play there right just <laughs> he just tips. showed up and yeah. he was like oh, i'm going to start playing and uh, he started playing he started busking he started playing you know mm-hmm. uh, in the subway system in new york and stuff and he he really learned how to play as part of a place as as opposed to in a very traditional yeah. concert hall. It's, right? Yeah, it's very different. Right. So now what Matt does is he does all these great um he's he he does these great concerts and we booked him and brought him here and he he actually played um uh the Bach suites there which Bach wrote a set of suites for the cello for solo cello and some of the most beautiful music ever written and um he played them in a traditional concert in our traditional concert hall Libby Gardner Hall up at the university but what we also did with Matt is we took him down to the downtown library mm-hmm. because he's so used you know he's built this experience being able to not just sit and play as people walk by but to really arrest people with his playing and Does then he really, interact with them mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. verbally yeah as well That's yeah great. so we played we had him set up um in the downtown library and he played there for a whole afternoon and we had this great ebb and flow of audiences um and people you know we we called them pop their pop-up concerts Mm-hmm. We had him play. Um, we have a, a new sort of co-living experimental space on campus called the Lasalle Center. Oh, that's is that the business? Um, it's an entrepreneurial center. Entrepreneurial, yeah. Um, but what they're really trying to do with it is create. It's a maker space, right? It's a living and making space. Mm. Um, so we had Matt sit in the Commons area, and he played there while the students, you know, students were coming and going. And we same thing. It just it really built. He really very quickly knows how to build a rapport with a group of people who are just in a place mm-hmm. um, not because they came specifically to see him but because they're in that place doing their thing and he's infusing it this with is, this I love this I mean beauty. it's it's really great yeah. to do that sort of thing yeah and, and we also take name? we take artists oh Heimovitz okay yeah um, we take artists you know into schools frequently um, mm-hmm. Because it's really hard, some, really sometimes very hard for schools to come on field trips. Um, we had a contemporary uh, New Zealand dance company come last year. Their name is Black Grace, and um, they are uh, based in all the Maori and movement traditions, mm. um, but they're contemporary. And hmm. um, not a lot of Pacific Islander men uh, feel comfortable in dance. Cultural dance, yes. Hula. Yeah, that um, or the haka. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But contemporary dance and is, is you know, it's interesting. Not uh, just, just, yeah, just as an aside, it's interesting that Hawaiian men will do the hula. And it seems kind of odd for Western men 
Yeah. You know, you, know, you feel – I mean, I've done it. I, I remember being in Hawaii once and getting up on stage yeah, with, yeah. with this uh, w- woman who was, you know, trying to teach me how to do the hula right, in front right. of a crowd of people. You right. Know, and, it, and it felt awkward, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just well, side. So, um, so the artistic director and founding uh, director of Black Race, his name is Neil, um, and he's Maorian, uh, and he uh, really – is very passionate and eloquent about talking about how it was a big leap for him to to really say I want to be a dancer <laughs> you know yeah. and his dad and his dad. brothers yeah. and you know he also tells a story about how uh, the first time his dad uh, sort of walked into the studio uh, when he said he wanted to do it he was in college or he's college age and he looked around and, and saw that Neil was like the one guy for 20 women who were all yeah. wearing <laughs> very little dance, and then his dad was like and, oh yeah. Now I know why you want to live in this world. But anyway, we took Black Grace to Mana Academy. Uh, Mana Academy is a charter school here in Salt Lake um, that's uh, very focused on Pacific Islander tradition and that community. Mm-hmm. And it was a phenomenal experience. Um, not only did the kids get to, you know, learn not not just the traditional movements like haka, but they they got to learn how to make that contemporary and how to infuse it with their own voice. They also got to see a company of predominantly male dancers um, making a life and a career out of a field that often yeah. um, is they're told is would not be acceptable mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. It was an alternative option. It's a it's a different path that they could choose as opposed to athletics, which yeah. is really where a lot of the yeah most uh, a lot of Pacific are, Islanders are driven. Got to mm-hmm. be a football player. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so that was great. It was a great experience. And those you have a terrific home. job. I do. I'm really You're, lucky. You right? are extraordinarily lucky. I, I want to talk to you about one more event, and sure. then we'll probably have to start wrapping, wrapping up, up here but i just i stumbled across you know what i'm going to ask you about is the uh, manual cinema. yeah manual cinema. and that's coming up on march 29th next year yeah i will i will be there for sure oh, i'm so glad uh if you so it's manual just like as in manual dexterity or uh-huh. manual cinema and then what is the uh, Ada Ava? What is that? Um, Ada Ava is the title Ada of the show. Oh, and I those, see. those are the names of two spinster sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show is about those two sisters. In fact, it's about the death of one of those sisters. Um, it's a, it's a uh, you know, a noir piece. So it's dark in the way it feels. Um, but there, and it explores grief and mystery, death, perhaps murder. Um, but it's also... Just really cool. <laughs> vintage overhead projectors. <laughs> and it's funny to me that we call them vintage, right? Yeah, well, because they <laughs> nobody uses them really anymore. Overhead projectors, multiple screens, puppets, actors, yeah. live feed cameras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's really great about Manual Cinema, you know, they're, they're, they're a group of, uh, uh, they were friends, they all went to school together at the University of Chicago, theater students, um, but they were also really fascinated um, by different kinds of theater. Um, and then, of course, caught up, you know, being being raised in, in a digital world and um, this idea of film, they were really fascinated with film, um, but they wanted to figure out how to, how to do theater and film at the same time. Um, and they did. They they so they use the projectors. They use um, shadow acting, um, and they really rely heavily on the various cultural traditions around shadow puppetry and shadow acting um, and storytelling. Uh, they write all their own stories, uh, and they use all those things. Live music, um, uh, 
to create a, a live theater piece like we're all kind of mm-hmm. used to, right? But what they're doing with um, digital technology is they're capturing it in real time and also editing it in real time. So in addition to what you see yeah. on the stage happening, you know, the sausage being made, mm-hmm. you can also look up to the large final screen, which is the movie, right? And so it's it's essentially a, a shadow-acted puppetry movie <laughs> that's that they're editing as they're as they're doing it and then you you can choose to watch the final cinematic screen or the live theater just based on where you put your eyes. Yeah. It's um it, there are uh, little examples of it available I think yeah. on YouTube. Uh-huh. Just yeah. look for manual cinema. Yeah, and these guys have really um They've really uh, built up quite a quite a good following. Um, they have been at the Fringe Festival in Scotland, which is the largest Fringe Festival in the world. Um, and and very few arts uh, organizations or performers um, perform for the entire Fringe, and very few sell out because there's there's yeah. tons of performances to go to. Um, but Manual Cinema, with uh, actually with Ada Ava, they um, they not only did they perform for the entire Fringe. Uh, festival, but they sold out every performance. It's it. It just looks incredible. Yeah, and and cool. do they uh, as they film this? Do they save the? Oh, you know that's a really good question. I haven't the asked movie? them. Do they actually save? Yeah, is record it, each time they perform. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm betting they don't. I'm betting yeah. they say no. It's, that no, would be against ephemeral, what we do. Right? Yeah, yeah. So so we have them with us for a week actually. Um, and in that week, they'll have contact, um, of course, with theater department students, of course, with film and media students. They'll also be working with English department students, anthropology students. Um, and then th- we also are partnering with SpyHop, which is a great yeah. local youth arts media yeah, organization. I used to be on their board year, yeah, years so, ago. Yeah, um, so I'm super excited that um, you know the SpyHop kids are going to be able to come up and do not only like hear and see the performance, but they're going to get to play with manual cinema. They're going to get to um, create with them and, mm-hmm. and have a whole afternoon where they get to be on the projectors and on the stage and doing stuff. Uh, this is great. This is only scratching the surface of the kinds of things that are yeah. uh, happening with Utah Presents. Uh, there's there's more dance. There's more music. There's more. Now, I like the avant-garde mm-hmm. stuff like manual cinema. Sure. There are more traditional things. Yeah. Um, and you, this is funded by the University of Utah, but it's also there's also private money or yeah, foundation money. We're a nonprofit, so um, ticket sales are just a small portion of what it takes to make all this happen. We are very fortunate to have the arts pass and support from the university, but we also do all the things that all other nonprofits do. We take individual gifts. We write a lot of grants. Um, we're very thankful to some very significant supporters who are great arts philanthropists here, the Price, uh, Marcia and John Price Family Foundation, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Nancy Marriott. Um, so we we put together a lot of different funding sources in order to make all this happen. It's a very uh, uh, it's a wide variety of things, and uh, the, and the seasons uh, do they just butt up against each other? Are you continually doing stuff or um, take a little us- time? We off? take a little break in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so usually our season is going to open anywhere between um, late August and early September, and then run you know April, late April, mm-hmm. early May, and then we're we're kind of quiet in the summer and. We let everyone enjoy the outdoor concert <laughs> venues, of which we have some really great ones here, and do that. In so, the so please take advantage. I, th- in a, I don't know. I think I, I think I usually know what's going on around town. I, it's this is new it's to new. me. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of 
it's kind it's kind of a secret, isn't it? I mean, there's a little bit, a little yeah. bit. I mean, we're starting we're starting for more people to know. It takes a while. It takes a while to build a brand and build awareness, especially when you're doing something that's not um, widely recognized or mm. hasn't. I mean, it hasn't really existed here before. Yeah. Right. So so we're we're telling the story, and I so appreciate you taking the time to give me a chance to do just that. Uh, it's my it's really my pleasure. If people want to find out about what's left of the current season uh, for Utah uh, presents. Uh, just go to utahpresents.org. You will undoubtedly find something that will interest you. Um, yeah, and, and if you sign up uh, you know, for our email list and our mailing list, then you'll get all of our information. But I also really want to encourage all your listeners to, to be willing to collaborate with me. Um, I find some of the most rewarding projects through what someone else brings to me, whether it's a theme or they actually have an artist that they're interested in, um, or they just they just have an inkling that they want to do something good around a particular problem, mm-hmm. and so we figure out a way to bring an artist who's who's exploring that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really appreciate it when people from all different places, um, all different organizations or groups or demographics or geographic areas of the valley, you know come and say hey let's do something together that's that's the absolute best part of my job there are some i mean there's some great i mean you do things with the salt lake film society yeah. but they're uh slack there's yep, a plan b theater mm-hmm. uh this we you and i talked about it the other night you might want to get a hold of these guys yeah, to do sackerson that <laughs> they're doing some really remarkable yeah. interesting stuff yeah um and, and there are other theater all right. kinds of theater but you don't even have to be people in the arts i mean i think that's what's so great about being multidisciplinary right that mm-hmm. i'm not limited to one kind of art um, so it could be, you know, it could be somebody who works in another nonprofit who's really, you know, they're thinking about sustainability. Um, there's all sorts of great stuff we can do together around sustainability if, issues. If you are a mathematician who has a great idea That's right. <laughs> about, <laughs> that you'd like to see brought to life. Hey, we're looking at a circus company next year um, that we would do workshops with them around physics. Really? Right? Because uh, well, contemporary Cirque, it's all about physics. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I think it's it's Utah presents. Uh, Brooke Horsch has the greatest job in, <laughs> yeah. in the worst town. name and the greatest. Yeah, are job. you hiring? <laughs> Can I come? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, she she directs uh, Utah presents and she's an assistant dean. Wait, let me get it right. For art and creative engagement at the yeah. University of Utah. Good um, Thanks a lot. Thank you. Um, we'll have you. Uh, we'll we'll see each other again, and I hope so. and uh, I'll come to some of these, particularly the manual manual cinema. Awesome. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, thanks. I'm thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. Welcome. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. That's the Let's Go Eat show. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>